What do you do when a neighbor passes away, yet your daughter can still see and hear her? That's what we're going to talk about today on our special kid-friendly edition of Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yes, it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to show your real ghost story with us. You can also write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like the show, you want to keep us on the air, we would greatly appreciate that because that is what we do is make this show for you all week long. Five bucks a month is all we ask. And in exchange for your donation, you get access to more than 300 bonus episodes of the program, jam-packed with our spookiest ghost stories ever, not all of which I would recommend listening to with children. Uh, Also, you get uh, advanced episodes of our program uh, weeks before the release to the public, including the kid episodes. You get those in advance. You also get uh, advanced, uh, also get our uh, ebook and our audio book, both uh, right there combined a $30 value, five bucks for all of it a month when you become an extra podcast person. An EPP is what we call. You sign up on the website, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Been appreciating a lot of the uh, emails and messages that we've been getting uh, from you guys since we started doing this thing on Saturday. Uh, Harper and Tony Bruski joining you once again. Hey. And how are you this fine day? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing great. I'm glad that you're uh, you're in here. It's our, our third uh, episode of the show now together, and we're just kind of, it's become our weekly routine. Well, I love it, and it's awesome to be on this show and listen to all um, your stories. It is, and it, it's really cool to hear all of these stories from all different perspectives. And and, and I've, I've been getting a lot of uh, letters and stuff from people uh, who are now uh, listening with their kids uh, to yeah. to this, this our Saturday specific episode where you're on it uh, because I know it's safe. It's no bad words. I've told you not to say any bad words. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I myself am not saying any bad words. Um, and, and the stories, you know, they're, they're not too dark where they they go too far off the edge. Um, but it, it's interesting sometimes where we get to hear stories from kids' perspectives, and it really does uh, open up uh, kind of I think the dialogue b- between. Uh, adult and kid or parent and son or daughter or grandfather and granddaughter, whatever it is, who's never listening together, because I've, I've heard it all, um, of, of talking about this topic. And I think so many times on this show, it's been interesting uh, where we hear letters that come in and they say, I really wish I could have talked to my grandma or I really wish I would have talked to my mom or dad uh, about uh, about all the stuff that I've experienced uh, throughout my life um, or that they experienced and got those stories out because we only really talked about it like right before they died or we never talked about it at all. Hopefully uh, having this as another thing that you can do together with your loved ones as we're all spending more time together, which is, I think, in a lot of ways, a good thing. Um, this can open up the dialogue on a topic that may otherwise be kind of difficult to jump onto, and that is, of course, ghost stories. Yep. Not really a problem in our household. We've been talking about ghosts uh, since you were a baby, but um, one of my favorite things that I had Harper do 
uh, when she was just learning to speak, one of the first couple things that I had taught her was because she could do this really creepy. Can you still do the creepy uh, eyes? No, not not the eyes, the voice, the uh, where it, it's like a crackly voice. <laughs> I could do it when I was a kid, too, but I can't do it so well anymore as an adult. But when I was a kid, I could just, uh, 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 if you speak through that, uh, no. Uh, remember what I'm talking about? Can you do the what I you know what I'm talking? Yeah. Do, do, what did I have you say in that creepy voice? <laughs> do you remember? No. No Harper. No heart. No Harper. Only. Only. Do you remember, you you were talking about this the other day? You don't remember <laughs> what we're talking about? No Harper. Only Zool. Oh. Oh. No Harper. Only Zool. I. I can't really do the voice as good anymore. You've you've aged out of it. Yeah. G g give it a shot. No, I but only Zool. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, some Ghostbusters. <laughs> but it was it was funny because at, at the time, you would be like in a child carrier, and, and and you were starting to say some words and stuff. But there would be people that would come up to you, and go, oh, what a cute little baby she is. What's her name? Oh, her name is Harper. And I had you trained where you would look at the, the person and go, no, Harper, only Zool. <laughs> and it was great fun. <laughs> this is what I did as your father. <laughs> I had so much fun doing it. And I also, and you would laugh hysterically afterwards. <laughs> it's almost like you got the joke. And I, I think you did. I totally did. And it, I and I still get it now. Yeah. So it's uh, anyway, uh, it, it, it's no doubt that uh, or no surprise to me that you would end up being on this show someday. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Of course, you can write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, Let's go to our first uh, letter. It says, this is the second time writing in. I love your show. It's so nice to know that others experience strange things as I do too. You know, I feel like I'm sensitive, but it seems to come and go. And I didn't want to push my sensitivity when I was younger. Now I'm rethinking it. I wanted to share the story of the time I lived in an apartment just outside of Buffalo, New York. I just separated from my husband. And at the time, my daughter and I moved and got settled, just her and I. She was three at the time. We met our neighbors. There was an older gentleman upstairs from us. He was very nice, although enjoyed his beer a little too much, and it showed with the cases of empties in the back of his station wagon. He had a wife who was very ill, and I only saw her once. A year later, the woman upstairs had died. Whether she died in the apartment, I'm not sure. The husband went into depression and just stayed in his apartment, but one afternoon I wasn't feeling well, so I decided to lie down. My daughter was at her grandparents so I could get some well-deserved rest. I fell asleep and woke up with the feeling that someone was watching me. I opened my eyes and I see an older woman standing at the end of my bed. The curtains were closed and it was dark in my room, so I flipped the light on, terrified. And she was gone. I thought it was just my imagination, so I went on like nothing had happened. Until one night I was sleeping in my bed again and I felt something tugging at my foot. I sit up and there was the old woman again. Again, terrified, I turned the light on and she was gone. I was trying to keep it out of my mind. I go on with my life like everything was fine. One day, I'd just taken a shower and my three-year-old daughter was in the bedroom with me. 
while I was dying or drying my hair, standing in front of the closet, I think I hear the closet doors, but I wasn't close enough to move them. Odd. I turn the hair dryer off, look at the closet door, and both the doors are moving and banging together. Not hard, but enough to see that they were definitely moving. Scared out of my mind, I looked at my daughter, and before I can run to her, she looks at me and says, Mommy, it's okay, it's okay, it's just the lady. My head spinning, I take her into the living room. Spooked, I decided not to push the issue and ask her who and what she saw. We stayed in the apartment for another few months, and my daughter only had one more experience where she was talking to whoever was at our window. I could not see anyone, but she could. Creepy story. Okay, Okay, that's actually kind of terrifying mm -hmm. and odd at the same time. What do you find terrifying about it? That uh, that an old ghost um woman was standing at the end of her bed. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't seem right. Yeah, I mean, when you have anyone just standing at the end of your bed, living or not, is quite, it's not a common thing. I mean, unless you're like getting up in the morning or going to bed and someone's tucking you in, usually when you're in bed, there's not commotion around a room. There's not other people walking around. So number one, it's already kind of an uncomfortable thing, but then you add in the fact that it's a ghost. Yeah, that just makes it like, oh, that is terrifying mm -hmm. and kind of fun to have a ghost in my apartment at the same time. The, the thing is, she was trying to connect the dots and figure out who is this ghost. Is it is it just some random person or is it that that lady that lived upstairs? And she didn't know very well, but didn't really know as a bad person or a scary person or anything. Yeah. Um, but just kind of was trying to figure out, well, is this her here? Why is she here? And I don't honestly know if the two are officially connected. That's one of those things where when you're in an apartment, um, it's, it's very easy or a house for that matter. It's very easy if you have a haunting going on and, and are seeing something or someone to assume that, well, whoever recently died must be the cause of it. Yeah. And that's not always the case. And quite often, if you're able to look into it further and dig into trying to identify what it is, it turns out it really was nothing to do with that person who just died. It just happens to be maybe someone who had already been there um, or is passing through or is some related to something else or somebody else or something else that was brought into that building. An apartment is especially tricky because you have all of these people living privately and not everybody knows everybody's business in a lot of cases. Yeah. And that's also a thing. It could come from something, someone, or like you said, just passing by. Yeah. The possibilities are all out there. It's hard to say for sure that this was that deceased woman. Yeah, or it could just came from a mystery that recently had in that house. Yeah, in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very possible. Thank you for writing in and sharing that story with us. We do greatly appreciate it. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories. 
with us. Let's go to our next letter. It says, this is a story that I can very vividly remember. When I was a young child, we often take trips out of state and visit family. I had a blast because I'd be able to play with all my cousins and visit with family. I had not seen in a very long time. One trip we took was to Michigan. Well, this trip was not a good one because of the circumstances that we had to go on. See, my mother had an aunt that, well, not too many people in my family spoke of for various reasons, but mainly because she liked to dabble in witchcraft. Well, needless to say, she was not extremely popular in the family, but seeing that she was family, we had to go and pay our respects to her. Now, we arrived in Michigan and, of course, needed a place to stay, and all that was available at the time was my mom's aunt's house, which had only two bedrooms, and one of the two bedrooms had been occupied by her grandson, who lived with her. So, of course, my brother and I, along with my parents, shared the aunt's room. Now, things were fine up until the point where my younger brother and I had to go to bed and be active kids. We didn't want to sleep and and, uh, tried to find any excuse not to sleep that night. As we laid there, we played various games, such as I Spy. But this game of I Spy was a little different. I was my brother. It was my brother's turn. And, well, he said, I spy something black. I spy something black with yellow eyes. I spy something black with yellow eyes and purrs. And, of course, I said, a cat. Then I tried looking around for this cat. My brother spied. There it was at the top of the bed, looking down at us on the floor. So my brother and I started to play with the cat until we made so much noise that my mom came in to scold us. Of course, we told her it was a cat that we were playing with when she questioned why we weren't asleep. And then she replied there was no cat at the house and we needed to go to sleep. As soon as she walked out, we heard my mom's cousin tell her that there was a cat in the house at one point, but that it died a few years earlier and proceeded to tell my mom that after the cat died, her aunt Trini used some of her magic and cast a spell for the cat to come back and protect the house and her. My mom in return said that her cousin, that it was best to be kept from us. Later that night, based on what my mom told me years later, my mom and her cousin stayed up catching up on old times. My mom saw that cat coming down the stairs. She said it started at the top of the stairs and worked its way down very slowly. That was nothing out of the norm until my mom had seen the cat come down the stairs and change shape into a man. She said she saw the cat change shape going down the stairs, then change shape going back up it. When she questioned her cousin again about the cat, her cousin replied, that's the cat that my grandmother brought back, but that she intentionally cast a spell where the cat would be able to shape into a man so no one would be suspicious when seen talking to a man other than the cat. The rest of the time we were there, we experienced several different things. We'd see the image of my aunt Trini in mirrors. We'd pass. We'd hear people talking in her room when no one was in there. See the cat sit and stare at us, and his eyes change color. Without mention, after we left that house, we never returned to stay there again. My mom's cousin tried selling the house some years later, but ended up not being able to sell it for some faulty reason or another when people would come to tour it. People said they would feel some rooms cold, colder than others, and would feel as if someone was watching them. I know it may be hard to believe, but I think it was a way of Aunt Trini trying to hold on to a place she held so close to her even after her death. Okay. So, ghost cats that can shapeshift? Mm-hmm. That is kind of interesting. It is, and I'm kind of interested that you even know the word shapeshift. 
Well, I am a seven and a half year old. <laughs> That's true. Okay, continue on with your thought. <laughs> also, witchcraft. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually think that like witchcraft was a thing. Well, it's it's an interesting thing because there are such a thing as uh, as as Wicca, which is uh, what you'd call witchcraft, um, and, and it for the most part, uh, when someone says or identifies themselves as a witch today, people do this, and you I don't know if you know this or not. Um, a lot of times they're not bad people and it's not a bad thing. It's not a, I have a cauldron and a broom and a black cat and I fly around at night. Um, it's more so a, a, a honoring, a, a, a worshiping, a paying homage and appreciation of the elements of our world of, of spirits of people gone by. It's not necessarily casting dark spells on people, but there is a dark version as there's a dark version to almost, you know, all sorts of, of different things or, uh, or a negative version, I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and the negative version would be sounding like what she did by casting a spell to have this cat come back. And I don't know exactly how it's really negative when you're casting a spell for a cat to show back up, but it is kind of calling on things to do things that they really normally wouldn't be doing. Uh, and then for it to appear as a man. I don't know that necessarily she called her pet cat back. But she got what looked like a cat in the form of what may have been some other energy or something that was um, shape-shifting, as you yeah. described it. And I wasn't, like, saying, like, a bad witch, mm -hmm. like, from Hocus Pocus. Sure. As you said, there is mm -hmm. um, different negative versions of things. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes you have it where people use, you know, misuse the power that can be uh, enveloped in something in a negative way. But a, a lot of people who identify as Wiccan, and there's many that listen to this show, um, they're not bad people. They're not, like I said, cauldron, <laughs> you know, I'm going to cast a spell on you yeah. uh, type, uh, you know, what you think of like that. I actually, in my career, had a co-host who was a witch. Ooh, and I'm not even kidding. That's actually pretty interesting. And that's what really kind of opened my eyes to it, because I had no idea. I was like 20-something until I understood what that was all about. Um, and she co-hosted a morning show with me for a little while. Very nice lady. Um, and, uh, and then she kind of explained to me, because she knew I was into the paranormal and ghostly type things. Uh, she explained to me what it was all about. And I was like, oh, well, that's really interesting. And she lived in a haunted schoolhouse an old schoolhouse that was, you know, like you see on the side of the road so often in a dilapidated state that was falling apart, uh, you know, that are falling apart. But this one was, you know, was repurposed or uh, reconditioned to be a livable home and, you know, loved. Um, but it was interesting because she had some ghost stories uh, as well. But th there's people that uh, that practice this, and that's part of their life, and they're all around us, and they're not wearing hats, so you really would never know. They look just like us. It's just that is their religion. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It, it's just it's interesting uh, to kind of put that light and understanding on it because as an adult, I didn't know that. Um, but it's just kind of one of those things that that's some people that's what their their thing is. So you know, I actually kind of look at it as a. Look at it as a good thing. Here, here's a thought, because uh, Grandma, uh, my mom, their cat 
died a couple years ago. And you've been on my mom to get another cat. Yeah. Because she really wants to get another cat. And I think my dad's kind of like, I don't think we want another cat right now. Um, at least that's that's how I take it uh, when we talk to them. Because they want to get a mobile home. It was not a mobile home. They, uh, they were talking about getting an RV. Yeah, RV. To, to go around and do some traveling. But you could take a cat in an RV. Uh, anyway, what about this? What if you convinced my mom to start practicing uh, some sort of witchcraft where she could... Uh, cast a spell and have one of her former cats show up in the house. I think that may be the solution to her getting a cat. I will start doing that. Are you going to start, <laughs> you gonna start talking to her about that? Yeah. And then I'm going to, you know, she might even um, be starting to look into that and look up how, how to cast a spell to get a cat. <laughs> yeah. My dad suddenly has no say in the matter. It's like they got the cat back. No, this is not a new cat. This is the old cat. It's back. And and then we could both go back and visit it and say hi to Scrap. Exactly. It'd be it would be very interesting, especially when it shape shifts into something else. Yeah. So uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our next one. It says, I don't know what these are, but I first began to see little lights around me when I was in high school in the 90s. Just to describe them, they only last for a second, and I mean I can look directly at them. They're usually white, but they can be any color, even black ones, which looks like little holes in the air. They range in size from smallish to minuscule, except for one, which I'll get to in a minute. They don't look as though they're only in my eyes. They look as if they're out of my field of vision somewhere, and I have distance from them, but even stranger. I think maybe I only see them with one of my eyes at a time. I think this because they have the same quality that light has when it's reflecting off a mirage in the road or when you're looking at the highlights on a piece of glassware where both eyes can't focus at the same piece of light at once. For a long time, I had no idea what they were and I thought I was crazy. I told my mom about them when they first started happening, who ended up taking me to a doctor in case something was wrong. They gave me a CT scan but found nothing wrong with me. Usually I'll see these lights outside either late in the day or full on night, but it helps that there is at least a little light to see by. For instance, the moonlight makes them shiny. I do not see them nearly as often indoors. I've noticed it depends on the location, but sometimes it seems like there are thousands of them, sort of like fireflies. They settle down in the grass or hang out in trees. They do not literally float in the air, as far as I can tell. They're always attached or resting on something. But in some locations, even though I am consciously trying to see them, will not be able to spot any lights at all, or maybe only one or two. I had a bit of time specifying a location for this story because I've seen them all over the world, from California to the East Coast, from Canada to Mexico, even once at a tomb in China. Pretty early on, once I got used to the idea of these lights being around me all the time, I noticed them on people and animals, too. I've seen them on hands and in the middle of the foreheads, on cats. I usually see them on their ears or dogs. On their nose. Most people commonly, it's their eyes. But I've seen them all over. I've seen them on horses, all the way down to insects. It's like it's whatever part of the body might have its focus trained on you, where you can see it. Something slips out for a second. For instance, I have seen them right as someone has started to laugh. Ever since I was little, I had this weird problem where bugs would fly into me like I was a bird hitting a window. 
I've never met someone else who has this problem where bugs are constantly flying full speed into their ears. I have sensitive hearing. I also have noticed that moths like to land right in the middle of my chest. My driver's side windshield always has a statistical nightmare of more insect smears on it than the passenger side. It's occurred to me, maybe bugs can see these lights on people too and are getting confused. Once, when I was in college, good grief, about 10 years ago now, my boyfriend at the time and I were sitting on a couch in my parents' house talking when it started getting dark outside. We'll call him Fred. We did not bother to get up or turn on the lights. We just kept sitting there while we talked, and we both started to notice these little itty-bitty lights all over my hands. I remember waving them around and watching the trails. He was the one that pointed them out, and then he held his hands and tried to wave them around too. He said, I wonder why I don't have them. His hands were just blank and dark. I learned a little later that this guy was sort of a compulsive liar, if not an actual sociopath. I think he was always trying to hide his real self. But something similar happened one day with my current boyfriend when we were first dating. Let us call him Bob. We were sitting in a dark room talking, and we ended up looking at our hands as we waved them around, and we noticed all these tiny lights on them, just as I had seen with Fred. But we both had them. We sat and played with them like giggling idiots for a while. I think it was because we were both being open and honest with each other. Now, for the creepy part, about a year ago, this one light seemed to be following me around for a while. It was yellow, and it was a lot bigger than any of the other lights I'd ever been. I was at home in Missouri visiting my parents when I first noticed it. I was staying in my old room, which was a basement room with two ground-level windows near the ceiling. I remember it was full-on night and all the lights were off except for the desk lamp when suddenly this huge yellow light pops up right outside one of the windows like a silent explosion. It had all the same traits as the other lights I was used to. But it was so big, I did not believe for a second that it could not have been something real. I clearly remember seeing blades of grass in part of the window cutting across it as if it were something that was out there but I've been looking extremely high up in the sky at the top of the tree line from my perspective, and my parents live in the middle of nowhere. I cannot imagine what else it would have been. I think I saw it a couple more times, the same color, just bouncing around here and there, normal size for the next few months. But then one day, when I was back in Philadelphia, I saw it again. And for some reason, this time, it really spooked me. To be honest, it sort of spooked me in my parents' basement, too. But since I'd been in the city for a while at this point, I hadn't been seeing lights as often and wasn't as used to them, just popping in like that. And to be even more honest, I do not generally feel comfortable when I see them indoors anywhere, unless it's on the living. But I digress. Okay. Having, like, lights on, like, people's eyes that's creepy it is it 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 sounds to me almost like they are able to see orbs you know what orbs are right yep okay like orbs when other people can't but in some cases when it's the right person the others are able to see them too but for the most part only they are able to see them and are sensitive enough to this energy yeah and, and we've heard stories on the show before of people who are able to see um, essentially lights, auras, if you'll call it that, around people. Um, and it always follows them. It's always there around them. And it's either 
it, it depends on who that person is, what that person is all about, what color that aura is. It can be positive, it can be negative, it can be kind of a mixture, it can be kind of this, kind of that. But it kind of tells that person what that person's intents are or what kind of person they are based on the aura that they bring. I mean, and you can kind of get that off of someone just by talking to them for a few minutes and, and understanding what type of personality they have and who they yeah. are. But it, it sounds like this might be a variation of that, but they're able to sense it on animals. They're able to sense it on anything living. Um, and it's coming across as little orbs of light. That is kind of, that is kind of scary. Is it scary or is it a, an ability that you'd like to have? If you could get that and you could hone in on what it is and what it all means, not just here's a bunch of random lights, but if you could, from a distance, look at someone or something, some some animal that's standing out in the field. Let's say there's just a stray dog out there in the field, that one we don't know. And you could sense if it has... If it's a calm animal, if it has positive intent, if it's negative intent, if it's just there, it's just lost, it's curious, simply by looking at it and seeing some sort of aura or these orbs around it, would that be an ability you'd like? And you'd have the same thing with people, too. Or would that get too annoying, seeing all those things around everybody? That would get way too annoying. Yeah. Especially if it's just, like, in certain spaces, like, like, um... He said in the story um, where it's like in different places. Mm -hmm. So you uh, you would say that it's an ability, one you wouldn't want to have to take up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'd really want to, to have that ability either, quite honestly. I think it could get a little bit too, uh, too creepy. Yeah. Especially if it's ever off. Because you have to wonder, I mean, you'd think it'd be on and, and it'd be true to what uh, that individual's intent are, but if if, if you were to example uh, see and, and see the aura of the animal and think, oh, it's positive, it's not going to attack me, and it turns around and attacks you, you could have the same thing with people too. Then you'd start to really question your ability of what you're seeing. Is it going to always be accurate? But then you have free will in there, and people and animals can change their minds. So, interesting thing to see uh, and yeah. experience. Well, that right there is going to wrap up uh, today's uh, episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, our special weekend kids edition. If you like the show, please do support it. Become an extra podcast person and EPP at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get all the extra bonus stuff, advanced episodes, extra episodes, and keep our program on the air. Until next time for Harper, I'm Tony Brisky. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Online.